Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Can I give it to you? The Lord wants you to let Him heal you the way He wants to. Because you got a way you want to, but He has a way He wants to. Amen? I had a friend one time, the Lord told that too. And they were wanting to be healed a certain way. And there was a major problem wrong with them. And they even went so far as to have surgery. And when they went into the, sur- into the surgery, they did the surgery and couldn't find nothing. But they, they had it on the x-ray. They had it on the MRI. They had it uh, with a physical uh, 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 examination. But then they opened, opened this individual up and couldn't find nothing. Couldn't find nothing whatsoever. So let God, let God heal you the way He wants to. Amen? And don't struggle with the, that fear the enemy tries to put into your mind. Just stay in faith, okay? Hallelujah. I tell you, the devil doesn't like you talking about money. When I was in field ministry, a particular crusade we were holding, in that area there was a lot of demonic activity. There were people that were brought to the, to the, to the crusade that were obviously demon-possessed. And the first two or three days there, we saw some really... Powerful manifestations of deliverance and uh, uh, people being set free. And, but there was really no, uh, what I would call, interruption or attempt of the adversary through demonic powers to interrupt the service until, until I mentioned money. And when I mentioned money, those devils started screaming. Isn't that funny? You say, why? Because many times that's the stronghold the enemy uses to keep God's people in bondage. And when you make a decision, I'm going to give, I'm going to bless God, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to be a part of what God's doing with my finances and with my money. It's amazing how that many times the enemy will come and try to attack you and try to keep you in bondage to poverty. But here's the good news. The devil's defeated. Amen. The devil's defeated. Jesus is Lord and you're more than a conqueror. So just stay with it and you'll show the devil. Hallelujah. Now, chapter 9, book of Acts, where we left off last week, last Wednesday night. Let's look here a minute. It says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, desired letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined, around, shined round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? We mentioned this last week. Notice he didn't say, why are you persecuting the church? Which shows us very plainly, Jesus sees no difference uh, 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 in the church. He He sees the church as himself. He's the head, we're the body. Amen. So if the devil or any individual or anybody else is trying to attack you, he's attacking Jesus because you're the church. Amen. It says, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks or to kick against the goads, the gording. uh, That has to do with somebody that would take a a sharp stick or an instrument uh, uh, here today in these these slaughterhouses and in these uh, uh, auction barns. They use like an electrical tool uh, uh, that that shocks the animals. Back in that day, they used a sharp stick to move them, to get them going, to move them along. Now, a lot of you know what that's like. That, that, That urging in your spirit when you were resisting 
once you heard the word of God preached and you thought, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that, but your spirit man was rising up and saying, that's what you need, that's what you want. Your mind was fighting it, your flesh was fighting it, but God just kept goading you. Come on, go back to church. Listen to that tape. Read that book again. Open that Bible. Remember that? Remember those days? Amen. Well, that's what he was doing with Paul. Listen, if you'll study the map and see the journey that he took from Jerusalem to Damascus, he went through the areas in which many of the major miracles of Jesus took place. So obviously there was a testimony of that which happened in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ echoing in his ears. Not only that, there was the prayers of the church because Jesus had taught his disciples to pray for those who persecuted them. So he was probably the major target on their list in which they were praying for. Well, God intervened. It said, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, I love this, what wilt thou have me to do? Notice what he didn't say. He did not say, who would you have me to be? He said, what will you have me to do? Now, isn't that funny that immediately an individual at the moment of salvation was not worried about being somebody but doing something. Amen? You know, a lot of times that's, well, who do you want me to be? You want me to be the pastor? You want me to be the praise and worship leader? You want me to be the Sunday school superintendent? You want me to be this? You want me to... No, don't worry about what you're supposed to be. Worry about what you're going to do. Well, don't worry about it. Amen. Come get taught. We'll teach you what to do. (laughs) Amen? No, no, it's what you're going to do. Actually, what you do will define you. So when you make a decision, well, praise God, I'm going to find something to do then you'll enter into the true calling of your life as a believer. Now, let me say this. This is something that, you know, it's not taught a lot, but it's, it's relevant. God created the church not to be a place of a bunch of people that sit and spectate. Every church is designed for participation. Amen. Now, it takes time to develop ministries. We've spent 12 years developing jail ministry, developing uh, 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 youth ministry, children's ministry, crusade ministry, uh, praise and worship ministry, counseling ministry, visitation, all types of sound booth, media ministry. All, it's, it takes time to develop it. But if you'll hang around long enough, you'll find a place to hook up with what God's doing. Amen? Now, you may not get the top spot immediately because I've got that. Amen. That's my spot. But there is something for you to do. There is something for you to do in the kingdom of God. And so many people do not realize the importance of that. I've said it like this. For all of us as believers, there is a calling. And the calling is generic. You say, what do you mean it's generic? It's unique. It's not unique to each and every one of us. The same thing is true of each and every one of us. We are called to be born again. We are called to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We are called to read the Bible. We are called to pray. We are called to be a part of a local church. We are called to be a participant and not a spectator. We are, call, we are all called to do that. Then out of the calling that God has for us that's general comes the specific destiny of each and every one of our lives. And I want you to know that is the path of righteousness which David talked about in Psalms 23. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Notice upon that path of righteousness for David's life, sure there were some trials, there was some tribulation, but there were some dead giants. 
there were some swords and some giants, uh, 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 scalberts, you know. Uh, there was some blessing. There was some increase. There was some favor. There was some mercy. There was some grace. It's true of every one of our destinies in life. There's going to, listen, there's going to be some opposition from the enemy. There's going to be some upward journeys. There's going to be some downward journeys. There's going to be some trials, some tribulations, but there's going to be some breakthroughs. There's going to be some blessing. There's going to be some manifestations of God. There's going to be lots of joy and peace and righteousness. Listen, this is the greatest life anybody can live on planet earth. What's that show used to be on TV, the uh, uh, Lifestyles of the, rich and, of the Rich and Famous? They ought to make one called Lifestyles of the Righteous and Blessed. They will find out this is the greatest life anybody can ever. This is a life with purpose. Come on, church. This is a life that will give you the reality of who you really are. This is a life with answers to the problem of problems of life. It's a life that will give you joy and peace. A life that you can go lay down at night and sleep and sleep peacefully. Look in the mirror at yourself and not feel guilty all the time. And it's also a life that you can pass to your children and your children's children and they'll be blessed. Amen. So here's, here's Saul of Tarsus. It says this. He fearing and trembling, he trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And notice what happened. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Which means there must be people in your life that are helping to tell you. Now listen, we're, we're Americans, stubborn and hard-headed, independent, and we don't want nobody telling us what to do. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. Well, Rambo, <laughs> that may work for a little while, but in reality, we're the most controlled society on the earth. Come on, church. There's people out there telling you to do everything from how fast or slow you can drive, amen, to how much sugar they're going to put in your Snickers bar. I heard the other day that in New York City, they don't even put salt shakers on the table anymore. You have to ask for them because they don't want you eating any salt. They're trying to con control the salt intake of a city of 7 million people. Okay. But listen, they tell us how much money we can spend. They tell us where we can go, where we cannot go. Listen, when you make a decision, yeah, I'm teachable. I'm pliable. I'm good clay in the potter's hand. I'm going to allow the real teacher, which is on the inside of me, to cooperate with the teacher that God's put in my life on the outside of me. Amen. And I'm going to listen to and hear what God is telling me so I can find out what I'm supposed to do. And when I find out what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Amen? So, it says, It shall be told thee what thou must do. Now notice what it says in verse 7, And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth when his, when his eyes were opened and saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. Now notice this. There was a certain disciple at Damascus, Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go down to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarshish, for behold, he prayeth. And he hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming into him and putting his hands upon him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And he hath 
and he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Now everybody say a chosen vessel. Now see, we put all of these great callings and these great destinies off to people like, well, pastor, you're talking about Paul the Apostle. You know, we, we, we talk about people like Brother Kenneth Hagin or Brother Summerall. They, they have outstanding, they've lived out their life, gone to heaven, left great legacies in the body of Christ. Oral Roberts, other people like that. And what we tend to do is elevate people like that, thinking that somehow, someway, that God has favorites. Amen. But Paul would have never became, Saul would have never became Paul, Saul of Tarsus would never have became Paul the Apostle unless he followed the plan of God. The same for all of the other, your favorite preacher, whoever it may be that you love and read after has gone on to be with the Lord, fulfilled their calling and ministry. There had to be a place of submission and obedience and desire to be taught what to do and then to obey God and do that. Now, what's amazing to me is Saul of Tarshish needed all kinds of stuff. He needed direction. He needed a friend. He needed to be mentored. He needed all kinds of stuff, and God prepared someone. Amen? See, God has prepared a lot of people, whether you realize this or not, God has prepared a lot of people in your life to help you with this. You're not out there swinging in the wind on your own. I'm amazed. Years ago, when I came to the Lord, came back to the Lord after being away from the Lord for many years, when I came back to the Lord, all the people that began to parade into my life, most of them had a good heart. Most of them had a good word. There were some that were crazy. There were some that had some crazy ideas, some crazy prophecies, some crazy words. Amen. Others were trying to uh, uh, just get a hold of me and use me for their own benefit, then throw me away. Thank God God can keep you from people like that. Amen. But there, for the most part, were people already prepared and in place that when I came into the kingdom to really fulfill that which God had called me to do, all these individuals were in place to help me find that calling and enter into the destiny of God for my life. Amen. Well, the same thing's true of you. In-house. All of the teachers and preachers that God's put in the house. We have Sunday school teachers. We have people that teach in the DAP ministry. We have evangelists. We have all kinds of people just in-house that can teach and preach and help with the calling of God in your life. Then all of the people that come and preach in the pulpit. We have the apostles that come, the prophets that come, the pastors and teachers, the evangelists that come. Each and every one of them are bringing a piece of the puzzle to the calling and destiny of your life. And when you make a decision to enter into that and begin to say, Lord, that is the quest of my life. I'm going to allow the calling of God and the destiny of God to sit on the throne of my life with Jesus. I'm going to allow my ego to come into submission to that so I don't live an ego-based life. I live a calling-based life. The problem with a lot of people in the ministry is that they get ego, how can I say it? They get ego-inspired. I've been around driven preachers. They're just driven. I'm driven. I heard a guy say this one time. I'm driven to reach the world. Well, he drove the world just about crazy is what he did. Amen. 
Remember Jesus said this. He said, my burden is easy. My yoke is, God's not calling you to carry something heavy. And I've always thought about people like that. Why in the world they talk like that? I've been given this heavy burden. God has put this load upon me. Nobody has a load like I. Well, that's not Jesus. Jesus said, my burden's easy. My yoke is light. Amen? That means God's got something good for you. God's got something that'll be a blessing. It'll lead you out of what's destroying you and into something that'll give you life. Hallelujah. So here we begin to see the beginnings of the ministry of the Apostle Paul who ended up writing basically the major portion of what we call the New Testament, the letters to the church. Great revelations of faith and how it operates. The supernatural through the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The power of God. The power in the name of Jesus. Church structure. Amen. Protocol in the body of Christ. All kinds of things God gave him. And he ended up not just fulfilling a calling, but also fulfilling a destiny to the point Paul was at a place in faith where he said, well, you know, I really am kind of standing here with a dilemma in my life. I want to go to heaven. You know what he was saying? I want to die. That's what he said. I'm just paraphrasing. I want to die like he had the choice. Amen. He had the choice. He said, well, I choose to live, but for me, if I were to die, it'd be gain, but for you it would not. It's better for you that if I stay here, so I think I'll stay here a while. Notice they couldn't shut him down. Listen, he wasn't on TV. I heard somebody say one time, well, if the Apostle Paul was alive today, he'd fly his own jet, he'd be on TBN. He'd no, he wouldn't. He'd be in prison. Because that's where he was in his day. In his day, he didn't have an iron chariot with 40 nice big horses pulling it. That'd be like a, your own jet, Amen. Uh, he wasn't going around with a, you know, his own printing company. No, no, he was in prison. But notice, the government of Rome couldn't stop him. The tradition of the Jews couldn't stop him. The prisons couldn't stop him. The whippings couldn't stop him. The beatings couldn't stop him. The storms couldn't stop him. I believe God was giving us an example through the Apostle Paul that no matter what you do, if you will stay with the calling and destiny of your life, there is nothing that will stop you. You don't even need the technology of the hour that you live in because I will cause you your life to be supernatural in a natural world. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't criticize people that have airplanes. and all. I've, I've flown on them. I've been on TV in I don't know how many times. But here's the deal. God will use you. You are a chosen vessel. And it is better for you to follow that calling for your life and find your destiny than anything else you can accomplish in life. It's never too early. It's never too late to begin. Let me say that again. It's never too early. It's never too late to begin. I mean, at 80 years of age, Caleb actually was 85. Caleb said, Caleb said, I'm ready. Give me my mountain. He said, I have the strength of my youth. Moses was 80. God, when God began to, he said, well, that's all. That's all long time. No, no, no. God can use anybody today who is willing to be used. Now, how's my time? Oh, I've got seven minutes. First Corinthians, real quick. We'll, we'll look at it a little bit and then we'll come back to it next week. Is this helping you tonight? 
Oh, God loves you. I'm telling you, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. No matter who you are, He's got a plan for you that is so far beyond your imagination. But the problem is you need God to do it. can't do it on your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's just start in verse 1. How many like to read the Bible? I do. I read it every day. I love to read the Bible. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's just keeping it simple. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power. That your faith, now listen to this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Where does our faith stand? In the power of God. Thank God for the proclamation of the gospel. Let me say that again. Thank God for the proclamation of the gospel, but without the demonstrating side of the gospel, all we have is another religion or philosophy. We're just like the Muslims. We're just like the Buddhists. We're just like the Hindus. We're just like the Mormons. We're just like the Jehovah Witness. We're just like anybody else. But God wants there to be the proclamation and demonstration side of the gospel, that we should not just have faith in what God has said, but we also have faith in what God does and the release of the power of God. Amen? It says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, those, are that, are, that, those that are mature, that are ripe, that are growing up in the thing of, things of God, yet not in the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, that come to nothing. It says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. Remember, say hidden wisdom. Which God ordained before the world. I, I like this. Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now, you got to get a hold of that. You say, what does that mean? It does not say unto God's glory. It says unto your glory, unto your benefit, unto your healing, unto your prosperity, unto your calling and destiny and the lifestyle it will afford you. What do you call it? A mystery. Now, there's a reason. Well, let me, before I get ahead of myself, let me read down. It says, which... None of the princes of this world knew. Now when he speaks of the princes of this world, he's speaking of demonic powers. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now he's saying, listen, if Satan and the demonic powers and the principalities and the princes of the air and the evil rulers in wicked places, if they would have ever known what really was going to happen through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, they would have never put their hands on Him. They would have never touched Him because they touching Him was to their destruction. They blew it. I guarantee you two seconds after the third day, two seconds after the third day, when the darkest place in the universe, which was hell itself, when it became filled with the light of God and God's spirit, and this individual they thought they had taken off of the cross and put in the place of suffering, they thought they had had him. When he rose up, the devil realized, I have made another big mistake. 
Why didn't they know it? It was in the scripture. Why didn't they know it? It was prophesied. Why didn't they know it? Jesus was born. Why didn't they know it? Jesus did signs, wonders, and miracles. Why did they not know it? It was hidden. Now, stay with me. Stay with me. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God, the things which God hath, past tense, prepared for them that love him. How many love him? But God hath revealed them unto us. What is he talking about? The things that are hidden from your adversary. Who was it that came? It was Randy Ayers, Pastor Randy Ayers. He came and preached in 2008, October of 2008, September. The whole church was destroyed. He came in, in October and preached. If they would have never, if they, if they only knew, they would have never destroyed this church. Talking about the devil. If they only knew, they would have never destroyed, they would have never messed with it. It's the same thing true of your life. God has a destiny for your life that is hidden from the devil, it's hidden from satanic power, it's hidden. You say, well, what difference does that make? Because there are things they cannot do to stop you. Amen? We've said it for years. The only power the devil has over you is the power you choose to give him. If you make a decision, I'm going to find the destiny of God in my life and just walk Step by step, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, decade after decade, God will make sure that as His destiny unfolds in your life, you will never telegraph to your adversary where you're going or what you're doing. He will always be surprised and shocked at the victory that you walk in. Ooh, man. Now notice this, but God hath revealed, unto, revealed them unto us by His, notice, capital S, Spirit, the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now listen, I thank God for my Wednesday night crowd. You say, why? Well, to come to church on Wednesday night, you want a little more, amen? You want a little more, you know, than just one sermon a week. You want some of the deeper things of God. You've got to desire the deeper. The Bible says deep calls unto deep. Allow there to be a deep recess in your spirit, man, where you desire the hidden things of God, things that God planned for you before the foundation of the world. He knew you would be alive. He knew you would be in existence. He knew you would be serving Him. He knew you would be in this meeting tonight, hearing this message, and He's just up there smiling, saying, they're going to figure it out. They're going to find it. i got some stuff. i got some things I have prepared for them I've got some blessing I've got some finances I've got some houses I've got some anointings and some giftings from God I've got some revelation devil knows nothing about it I've hidden it from the adversary mm -hmm. now hold on let me, let me close it says for what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man now notice that's a small s which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. 
Now we have not received the Spirit, small s, of the world, but the Spirit, big S, Holy Spirit, which is of God, that we may know the things, that we may know the things, that we may know the things that are freely, 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 freely given to us of God. What are those things? Those are the hidden things. And God is saying, by His Holy Spirit, into your human spirit, by His Holy Spirit. Now, listen. Ooh, I don't have time to do all that. No, I'll just give you a preview of coming attractions. Your human spirit, once you are born again, the Bible says your human spirit is sealed. Amen. John the Revelator wrote that. It is sealed unto the day of redemption. You say, what does that mean? There is a seal put in your human spirit. Let me just say this. There's only one issue that's relevant to your human spirit once you get born again, and that is growth and development. If you are not growing and developing spiritually, then you do have a spiritual problem. Other than that, there are no spiritual problems. You say, why? Your spirit man is sealed. It's sealed. Why is it sealed? So that God's holy, big S spirit can connect to your small S human spirit and begin to unfold and reveal unto you the things that God has planned and laid up for you. You know, there are some things I just don't talk about. You say, why? I don't want the devil to know it. God shows me things in my spirit sometimes I don't even tell my wife about. I just walk it out, pray about it. When it starts coming, starts unfolding, then I start talking about it. But in the meantime, I don't want to give place to the devil. A lot of people's problem is God gives them a little bit of inkling of what they're called to do or what they're destined to do, and they blab it all over the world. I've seen ministers do that. You know, I, I talked the other night about when, when the Lord put a, a teaching gift on the inside of me. I'd been in the ministry five years. I went to ministers' meetings. They were always trying to get me to, to say, uh, well, are you an apostle? Are you a prophet? Are you an evangelist? Are you a pastor? Are you a teacher? I'd get up and say, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. They'd say, no, you got, you got to walk in some office. I'd say, I don't. If anybody should know, I should. But then after five years, the Lord dropped a teaching gift on the inside of me. I began to teach. I never said anything to anybody. I never said anything to anybody. I didn't even tell that testimony to probably five or six years after it happened. But then I'd be in meetings, different people be sitting, I'd be announced. People would say, well, well, Brother Rusty Martin's here. He's come. Well, we all know he's a teacher here in the body of Christ. I never told anybody that. I never, people could begin to see it. I didn't have to announce. So I saw other people. They'd get up and announce, I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. I'm this. How come they always say they're a prophet? Yeah, that, that's, that's really crazy. Amen. Because it, it does, it takes a long time for somebody to walk in a, the, the office of a prophet. I, I believe that most men that actually truly, uh, men or women that walk in that office, usually spend 30 to 40 years in ministry before they step into that office. But that seems to be the one that's most abused. I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. Well, here's the problem. We had this happen to us, especially we were in a, in, in a real revival over in, 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 in Europe. Saw a great move of God. A lot of people were claiming all these ministry gifts. So I was praying over several of these people, and, and the Lord gave this to me by the Spirit. And it was this. It said, never lay hold. Never call yourself anything. Because here's the problem. If you say, I'm a prophet 
or you say, I'm a pastor, or you say, I'm an apostle or evangelist or teacher, and you're not, by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. That means you're expected to produce the fruit of that, but you don't have the office. Secondly, the enemy is released to attack you on that level, but you don't have the grace to be it. And the devil will beat your brains out. I remember one time some guy held a school over here. The school of the prophets is what it was called. And you went there for four days and paid X amount of dollars. And afterwards, you were, hands were laid on you, you were ordained, and you became a prophet. Even the guy that ran the school is not even the ministry today. You say, why? Keep your mouth shut. You say, God's called me to be the next Billy Graham. Don't tell nobody. We will know it. When you pack out Reliance Stadium, nobody have to guess you're the next Billy Graham. Amen? You won't have to advertise it. You won't have to put an ad in the paper. The thing is, for all of us, there are things that God has prepared for us. They're laid up in a secret place that the enemy cannot break into. He cannot figure out how to oppose you. He cannot raise anything because he just does not know. And by the time you enter into it, it's too late for him to know anyway because now you've got the grace to do it, whether it's the grace to work in the nursery or the grace to work in the sound booth or the grace to sing on the platform or the grace to be the pastor. You've already walked into it and are operating in that grace, which is the ability of God, and it's too late, devil. That's the way God planned it. See, that's the way it was in redemption. Too late, devil. The stones rolled away. He's out of the tomb. Too late devil. For Paul the apostle, it was too late devil. For all of the disciples, too late. For you, just walk that path. Just get on the path of righteousness. Whatever God's calling you to do. All these generic, general things unique to all of us. Read your Bible. Oh, I tell you, you'd be so blessed if you read your Bible. Come to church. Pray. Tithe and offer. Find something for your hands to do in the kingdom of God, the body of Christ. Next thing you know, you'll start having things down here. Not up here. Down here. Some country may rise up in your spirit. Some, some ministry gift may start moving around on the inside of you. You'll know it. I won't have to tell you. Grandma won't have to tell you. You'll know it. Amen. And here's the good news. God will help lead you down that path of righteousness and in that path is all the provision you'll ever need to fulfill the destiny that God has put in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word, for the power that's in that word. Lord, I just pray over every person here tonight. I say they will fulfill their calling. They will fulfill their destiny. They, do, they will do the will of God in their generation. They will rise up and be men and women of the life and power of God. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.